Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today is our listener response show for the August questions of the week. And we're going to read through some of your responses and let you know what we think. Mm-hmm. We're starting off, Dave, with young adult. What are your favorite movies about immature protagonists? Oh, let's go. On Facebook, Finn chimed in, cartoon movie time. Megamind. True maturity is Megamind's journey to becoming the hero Metro City deserves. Nice. I have never seen Megamind, Dave, and I'm surprised I haven't because my son, this is would have been like right up his alley. Yeah. Right, the right age. He got into Despicable Me, which I think came out around the same time. Like okay. Both DreamWorks, I think, and... He just didn't gravitate towards the Mega Mind. So. It's so hard for me to keep track of like kids' movies at the you <laughs> yeah know, in all the, last the BS 20 years, yeah because yeah, it just it's it's all running together for me. Yeah, but um, thank you, Finn and Tom chimed in. So many hero stories have that voyage from innocence or immaturity to fulfilling their potential, and then there are some plain daft ones. <laughs> Here's a couple of my faves. Big Trouble in Little China, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and National Lampoon's Vacation. All good. Absolutely. All good films there. Um, <laughs> maybe some things don't age as well in some of them, but man. Naturally. They, they, yeah, definitely immature protagonists in those. Jack Burton is something I never thought of, but yeah, he's kind of a man baby. You know, it's, in a it's way. weird. I, I, yeah. re- I rewatched Big Trouble in Little China maybe like, you know, I don't know, five years ago, and I was really taken aback at, at Kurt Russell's ineptitude yeah. in that movie. He's just, he just bumbles through everything. He's, he kind of just, he's not the hero no. in the movie. He just like gets through the adventure. He's the, he's the handsome <laughs> leading man. And like he's yeah. just no match for 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 James Hong. I mean, it's no way, dude. You know? <laughs> and I love how he doesn't end up kissing Kim Cattrall in that movie. That's I know. I, that, I was when that happened. I was like, oh wow, how about that? There's a twist, right? <laughs> uh, very mature of him. Yes, <laughs> be- be- beautiful so sets I, in that movie too. You know, like it's, yeah, it just it's all kind of in. Con- I mean, you can tell it's shot in a studio, yeah, like, fully in a studio, and it, it looks great. You yeah, know? definitely does. I need to rewatch it too. Yeah, um, and then email Donna chimed in. She said Anne Hathaway's character in Nacho Vigalando's Colossal, and by God, Donna, what a dark horse contender here! <laughs> I was gonna pick this for my movie, and you sent that email in. And- <laughs> Oh man, I'm so happy. Nice, dude. That, I mean, because I remember you brought it up on what you've been watching one time. Yeah, and like it, it was, it was when I when I saw her reference that I was like, I was like scanning my brain, think, going yeah. like, where have I heard? Oh my <laughs> god, that's right. It was Scott picked it that yeah, time. It's yeah, it's so good. It's such an underrated film. Yeah, uh, I think everyone should go watch it. It's also got Jason Sudeikis in it. Yeah, so if you like him, right? There you go. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so what do you got, Dave? Um, let's see. I, you know, thanks to recency bias, uh, five easy pieces comes to mind. Of course. Um, you know, yeah. um, I think it's also important to note that the protagonist can be a sympathetic figure, uh, which is why I'm including Tommy boy in my list. Um, along with Nick Frost in hot fuzz. Yes. Yeah. Um, for a less sympathetic portrayal, I'll go with Tom Cruise in Magnolia and Mark Wahlberg in Boogie Nights. Those are both great ones. Yes. Yeah. Tom Cruise in Magnolia is up there for sure. He's hard to like. Uh, mm-hmm. And in both those films, Paul Thomas Anderson uses insecure men who present themselves as alpha males. And in one way or another, the world teaches them some humility. Yeah. Um, and I wish that would happen more often in real life, but that's not the world we've made. Um Obviously. No. Uh, but uh, but that's why we have the movies. Um, one other I'd like to include is Jim Broadbent as uh, Gilbert in Mike Lee's Topsy Turvy. Uh, okay. You know, he, he's such he's a genius who trusts his ability, but he can't bear to hear or see his own work because he has such little faith in his audience. 
Um, he also has no clue how to relate to his wife. And even though he isn't as scheming or manipulative as, as Mavis is in Young Adult, uh-huh. um, you really start to dislike him if you watch this movie enough times. Okay, yeah. I've seen it once. I don't remember immaturity that much from him but uh maybe i'm sure it's there it's really you're the expert display. yeah dude <laughs> you're I mean, the mike lee expert I, exactly i've studied all of <laughs> yes. his films and, and especially in this one i just like jim broadbent is such a staple of mike lee's cinema in general but yeah. like in this one i mean I, i've seen it so many times i'm just like I, i'm 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 seeing so much in in that character that that wasn't there the first 10 uh-huh. times i watched it now i'm just like oh my god this guy is trash you know he's it's a great performance but man gilbert really sucked sometimes yeah yeah definitely um so i have a few choices i have like a main one but other things that came to mind like i'll start like there's yeah daft ones like Step Brothers, <laughs> yes. old school all those kind of movies everyone's immature in those uh-huh. uh happy gilmore and big daddy come to mind also okay nice um but then there's like clerks or Days to Confused. I can't All the believe people I in those missed, movies. Oh my I mean, God. especially in Days to Confused, they're they're teens. You yeah. Know? I mean, of course they're immature. But yeah. like Days to Confused, twenty year old, you know, trying to get on life. Yeah, they're all immature in that movie. And Clerks, especially. I mean, my gosh, it's it's just I can't believe I missed that one. Th- those guys are as immature as they get, and <laughs> yes, they continue they their immaturity even to Clerks in two and three. Yes, they do, and in all the other movies. Yes. Um. But my main one, I like Daniel LaRusso. He's definitely a twerpy, <laughs> immature protagonist. Dude. No doubt. The karate kid himself. He does learn a little bit, grows a little bit, but yeah, he's still just a little punk. It takes him so long, though. I mean, like, like <laughs> I, you, you're so furious with him for so long of, of the runtime of all of those movies. And man, yeah. I, yep. W- w- y- you'll, you'll hear more from us soon, people. Don't, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. So let's move on to secrets and lies. What are your or what are the best movies about broken families? On Facebook, Finn chimed in, Broken Families? Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Holy fuck, what a movie. A movie broken by a, a rape murder, a family broken by suicide, a family broken by violence. So many troubled relationships in this movie. What a what a rough watch. Yeah. Or what no, what a watch though. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I and I, I I laughed prematurely at that that the you know like holy fuck what a movie but I didn't yeah. realize you know he, I forgot he referenced all the the horrible things it, that it really there. is a holy fuck kind of movie it in is. a lot of ways there's right. lots of moments in it where you can't believe that just happened yes I think I picked Woody Harrelson from that to win an Oscar oh on I? our Oscar show I think yeah. I did way back in the day folks right. uh, he didn't but Sam Rockwell did I which know I love Sam I'm happy for him yes um, Erica chimed in said can I say Interstellar the father-daughter relationship in it are beautiful and heartbreaking. And just because choices made may be noble and save the world, it doesn't mean they don't break families. It's true. I mean, sacrifice yeah. for a greater good. Uh, yeah, you're definitely breaking a family. I mean, and I, I, I just, that's why I love the, I love asking these questions. I love putting it out to the, to the listeners because we, we get like, you know, nuanced responses like this. I mean, Erica really brought something different to it. And it's, you know, like, Everybody brings everybody brings something different to their answers, but like this one, it's like, oh, we made it think of it, kind of like turn the question into something else, and right. you know, brought something new. It doesn't have to be like a, a negative thing. Nope, entirely. Nope, like, there could be positive spins on it. Um, Tom chimed in. He said, "Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. It's. I, I mean, guess that counts. It, it totally counts. And then he said, "Definitely a case for it." 
I'd go Royal Tenenbaums, though. Uh-huh. I could even argue the Star Wars saga. <laughs> See? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can come out everywhere. But Royal Tenenbaums, I was going to pick that. Okay. But Tom threw it on here, so I threw it out. But yeah, Royal Tenenbaums for sure. Right. What a, what a busted-ass family, dude. Man, no doubt. And I mean, like, yeah, they're all hurting, and, and, and it's hilarious somehow. Yes, I mean, yeah. you know. It, it's... <laughs> It's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, actually. Uh, yeah, I I have it tied with Rushmore. Okay, you know, yeah, and I and mean, Texas Chainsaw too, like a Texas Chainsaw as well. I should yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Um, like <laughs> it's um, that movie is about more than than what, of course, we're seeing. On, yes, you know, there's a lot going on there. It's about just the 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 death of of you know blue collar life and and you know how we've like left people behind. And, yep. Obviously, yes. A broken family is a family that that eats people. You know that yeah. is what happens, and and that's terrible. Yeah, there's a broken a little, family. Little break there somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, on Instagram, the Golden Record ninety one point seven chimed in. Dave, oh, wow. They said Little Miss Sunshine, which okay. was also another pick of mine. Yeah, so nice. Um, it's a great one, man. Um, and then W Movie Talk podcast. They said the best films about broken families. I would go for Royal Tenenbaums, hilarious look at the dysfunctional broken family, deep film without being too heavy, serious themes explored, but in such a whimsical and often hilarious format. Thanks. Nice. Um, and then Donna chimed in an email again. She said the hereditary family. <sighs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it doesn't get much better than I mean, like, like. That movie is so sad. I mean, just pillar to post. Yes. You know, like there, there's, I'm trying to think if there's one moment of joy in the entire film. I can't imagine. I can't think um, of it. No. May, I don't know. It's <laughs> like. Maybe before the telephone pole. Maybe right oh, I, before that. I don't know. No, there's no, wait, not. Because no. she, she's choking. Yeah. In the back yeah, of the car. She, yeah. she ate the cake and she's, uh, yeah. you know, having an allergic reaction. And before yeah. that, everything, they're coming back from the grandmother's funeral. And, you know... You got me, Dave. Right. You got me. And you know what? If you want a broken family movie, <laughs> we just saw Little Miss Sunshine, and we're just referencing Hereditary, just put Tony Collette in there, and you've got something. There you go. You there know? you go. Um, my other answer I have here is What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Nice. That's one of my picks yeah. here. So That's great. Uh, no Tony Collette, but you get Mary Steenburgen. Right. Um, young Johnny Depp, young Leonardo DiCaprio, young John C. Riley oh, uh, is right. in the movie. That's right, um, dude. And Juliette Lewis. Uh, it's an awesome look at a, I guess, poor Midwestern family right. as they deal with all kinds of troubles. So, right. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, my, my answers were, I really like Tracy Letts's August Osage County. Um, it's got a really deep cast yeah. and, uh, it's full of heartbreak. And I, I think it's a career best performance from Julia Roberts. You know, uh, just, she really blew me okay. away. Um, I like the squid and the whale, Noah Baumbach. Yes. Um, that's really a great yeah. movie. Um, and it also really sticks sticks it to like highfalutin intellectuals, which everyone can enjoy. Yeah. Um, and of course, we recently had the Fablemans, which I know you and I both really liked. Oh yeah, that was wonderful. Yes, man. Uh, uh, just a, a a great film to uh, you know. And whenever Steven Spielberg does something personal, I'm always like, you know, I'm down with that because you know he he just he really does it well. He just doesn't do it often enough. He know? takes the magic from all his big spectacles and just makes it personal. Right. You know? I, I don't know how he does it. He he does it really well. And and I mean, um, and I'll also do- add a documentary to the mix. It's called 51 Birch Street. Um, and I know it's weird to, to warn people about spoilers in a documentary, uh-huh. but like um, on this one, it calls for discretion. Uh, what I can tell you is that even though it makes, it, you know, it makes you understand that even when you think a bit that you know something exactly what's going on in someone's life, even with family members, um, we all keep things that are most precious to us uh, secret, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so if you find it, if you can find it, please check it out. Okay, there you go. I didn't think a documentary would be coming up on the list, but it makes sense. How yeah. about Crumb, Dave? Oh, Crumb, my God. I mean, like, the, <laughs> yes. And everyone, go check out our episode on Crumb, uh, you know, from back in the day. I mean, like, mm-hmm. we... we, we pretty did a pretty like uh i think we did a great show on that yeah uh and it was like the 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 brokenness of that family like came from day one i mean robert crumb came out of the womb and it was already (laughs) like everything was was pitch black already so yeah check it out there you go now let's move on to the exorcist what are your favorite movies about the devil Mm. we have a lot of stuff here (laughs) uh so just bear with me folks tom wrote in a a huge response i'm gonna read the whole thing actually so okay uh buckle up (laughs) he wrote in on facebook he said hey dudes i've got a few on my list with stuff like the devil's advocate constantine and angel heart yep both de niro and pacino played old lucifer my shout out is for the wonderful original version of bedazzled from 1967 with the legendary duet of Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Yeah, dude, you can't go wrong there. Great movie. Um, it's brilliant, brilliantly funny and a thousand times better than the daft remake with Liz Hurley. <laughs> Honorable left field mention goes to 101 Dalmatians. Betty Lou Gerson, Gerson absolutely owned it as the wonderfully cruel or wonderfully evil Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. He continues. He leaves. He says, oh, dudes, I missed an absolute clanger and have not one but two great stories to tell about it. And somehow I totally forgot about it. Strap in. The Omen is the best devil movie out there for me. So I'm surprised my mind wasn't working at the time. Anywho, story number one. I grew up in Fulham in London and a major sequence of the film was filmed in a Bishop's Park out and outside All Saints Church just by the River Thames. This sequence was when Patrick Troughton met Gregory Peck on a park bench when the wind picked up and he ended up skewered by a lightning rod outside a church. My parents were married in that same church a year earlier and I was born exactly one month after production ended. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Oh, Uh. man. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes. Story number two. My friend told me a story about when he was a young kid in Yorkshire, his parents owned a farm, and back in 1973, when he was four, Richard Donner stayed on his parents' grounds for a few weeks, and they got to know him. My friend was four years old at the time, and clearly quite odd, he's a great bloke now, he's in his 50s, as he sometimes left the corpses of dead birds and critters, which he had found on the farm right outside Donner's great or guest house. My friend's name, yes, honestly, is Damien Omen. Wow. I mean, what a what a corker, man. Yes. And I apologize if I mispronounce anything, said anything wrong. I'm just scared of the devil, Dave. I'm just scared. <laughs> when I originally read that story, particularly the second one, about the guy's name being Damien Omen, I mean, like, how do you get through life? Damien Omen is not a real name. How do you... How would you... How, how, how have you made that work? I mean... If he's a productive member of society with that name, I mean, he's the he's the greatest citizen in all of Europe. Yeah. He is. He is. I mean, <laughs> what can you tell? What can I? I, wow. I don't know. I mean, I'm apparently he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But isn't that what they say? The devil tries to do. You know, they trick. He tricks you. OK, but if he was trying to trick you, why would he name himself Damien Omen? He's hiding in plain sight, Dave. I, I guess. Okay, very well. Uh, I, you know, I, I hope that that Damien is having a <laughs> Tom. Watch your back. Exactly. Telling you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, though. That was awesome. That was Those so stories cool. were great. Right. Um. Ryan chimes in and says, "I feel like answering the question is like playing with a Ouija board. Hard no from me. 
But at the same time, I can't deny that Bedazzled was fantastic. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is a national treasure, and Elizabeth Hurley is a bona fide smoke show. 10 out of 10. So he's kind of contradicting what Tom was saying earlier. Right, you know? exactly. That, that, that was a, a weird, you know, back and forth there. And I agree with him, a true statement about, you know, smoke show and a national treasures, you know. Right. Yeah, Austin Powers came out, and then that came out, and I was like, "What am? What's going on here?" I know there's a new love in my life. Uh, exactly. Um, you know, it, it, she just really burst on the scene. Yes, she did. Um, Mike chimed in. He says, "Fallen and Exorcist." Although I don't think either of them are technically about the devil. If it has to be about the devil, then maybe South Park the movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> South Park the movie. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, it, it's yeah. like it really does, um, um, like bring a new. It puts the devil in a new light. Uh, certainly, does. something we've never seen he, him before. He's in an abusive relationship. Yes. You know? uh, yeah. A, a, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I I was about to say a put upon husband, but no, he's in an abusive relationship. Yes. Yeah. yeah he definitely is. Uh, Chris chimed in. Tenacious D in the pick of destiny. Nice. I mean, can't go wrong with that. Of course. Eric said, it might not necessarily be about the devil, but I always like the devil in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay, there you yeah. Go, Dave. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, not yeah. bad. Um, and then Finn chimes in, while not the greatest movie, I've got to give a shout out to Little Nicky and Adam Sandler as a whole. Thanks for making me laugh in my childhood and giving me some genuinely good movies to watch as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean look- a lot of people, uh, I know a lot of people turned on Adam when Little Nicky came out, and rightly so. I Because did. it was lazy bullshit. But what can you, you know, if, uh, if it means something to, you know, yeah. at least that's how I perceived it back then. Um, and, you know, if, if if you got some laughs out of it, then okay, enjoy yourself. I saw it in theaters, Dave. Okay. It was the first time I never laughed at a movie. Oh. Or like an intended comedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not laugh one time. It didn't get anything out no, of No, I was ready to throw up and I, I i learned that day that you can't just rely on the same actors or same movie makers right uh things change um you change your yeah, taste change it, it does yeah um but yeah i was like yeah this is the downfall right this is the downfall right paul thomas anderson had to come save the day all right and he did for a time. <laughs> yes. And then the downfall just continued. <laughs> and then the softies helped a little bit. 16 years later, yeah, here come the right. softie <laughs> brothers off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Um, but yeah, Finn, to each their own. Right. I mean, I said Happy Gilmore earlier. Like, I mean, I like a lot of Adam stuff. We've, we talked about it. I just about, don't yeah. like Lil Nicky. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Um, we got more here, Dave. I told you there's a lot here. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Proper question. Mosmia Metal says Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. WM Move Talk Podcast, one of my favorite movies of the devil, Rosemary's Baby. So much going on here. The horror is intense and psychological without resorting to traditional horror tropes. It plays on the fears and doubts of pregnancy, creating an unbearable isolation and paranoia for Mia Farrow and Polanski manages to capture perfectly. Still holds up today. Well said. I agree. I yeah. wrote a review on our old website for it. I'd yep. never seen it before dynamite right great awesome and it's so i love how he says it doesn't resort to traditional horror tropes but it like created a lot of horror tropes that's true like back it came out in the 60s i know and and it's it's there's so much um that they don't show you even in the last scene where you don't see the antichrist i mean that is like you know Mm -hmm. and and i'll always like get 
I'm not supposed to get such a kick out of those old people saying, hail Satan, but yeah. I do, you know. It's great. Yeah. It, it almost is humorous at, at this point in time. Right. But it's still not when no, you watch it. It's exactly. still like terrifying. Because you, you, you think about you think about the situation, you look at Mia Farrow's face, and I mean, yeah. like, like you, you want her to put John Cassavetes through that window. Yes. And, and she's a good person, so she doesn't. But like her life is over. Oh, you know, man. It's terrible. Ah, oh, dang it. Um, um, on Instagram again, One Life chimed in. This and Exorcist 3, The Omen, the original one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just a demon or the big guy himself in Smile, but that movie fucked my shit all up. <laughs> oh, and Devil's Advocate. I have Smile sitting in my bedroom, Dave. I, I need to watch it. You do. Yes. And, and, I, and we need to talk about it because, like, <laughs> man, um, that movie... It was really scary. And I thought it looked dumb. You From thought it the looked trailers dumb? looked dumb. Like everybody's just smiling. Like this looks stupid. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. I thought it looked stupid. Okay. I, I had the exact different reaction. I was okay. like, I got to see this. And it lived up to I everything mean, I wanted. Maybe I just saw like a Facebook spot, you know, and like, that's all I saw. Okay. Really. But like, you know, I, you've been singing its praises since yeah. it came out. And I mean, One Life says it fucked the shit up, so um, I'm going in. Exactly. I got the Blu-ray. I'm ready to ride the lightning with the devil himself. I, 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 you know, Godspeed, dude, because like, you know, it it really will take you for a ride and it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, and Exorcist three, by the way. Oh uh, yeah. It's yeah. I, I think that if you like the Exorcist, um, it's weird to say skip Exorcist skip two, two. Yeah. You know, I mean, in a trilogy like this, but I mean, you know, part three it just blows part two away, you know, in every possible fashion. And, yeah. And it's got great actors and, you know, it's weird too, that they, that a movie that, that takes two characters from the first film and then like uses different actors, you know, to, yeah. I mean, that's usually kind of the kiss of death. I think it really works, you know, cause they got, yeah. they still got good actors. I mean, George C. Scott obviously is awesome. Yeah. You know, so he's always good. Right. But yeah, Exorcist three is good too. There we go. Um, and via email, Donna gave us a list of stuff too. She said, uh, my favorite movie devils, Lewis Cipher from Angel Heart, Uh John Milton from the devil's advocate, Satan, Vigo Mortensen from the prophecy, sexy, a brief performance, but my personal favorite is what she adds on. (laughs) Yes. Satan by Peter Stormare and Constantine. (laughs) That's a quick cameo role too, isn't it? Yeah. And finally, The Devil, played by Jeff Goldblum, in a not often mentioned movie, Mr. Frost. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is I've a deep never cut. seen that one. No, I, I, yeah, I, geez, have I seen, I, I can't remember it. No. I don't, I, I, I don't mean, think I, I remember it. Yeah. I don't think I have it. I don't think I've seen it. No. I, I, would, I have to now. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Goldblum as right. the devil. Right. I mean, you, you won me over. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and also, like, uh, Angel Heart got a lot of run in a lot of like what we were, you know, yeah. people came with that movie. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that many people had. I, I thought I was the only person who had ever seen Angel Heart when I was like 12 years old. Oh, really? You know, and turns out it was actually very popular among people. Wasn't it so a big it cool. hit? It was a very controversial film. Okay. Um, because Lisa Bonet got fired from the Cosby show. Yeah. Uh, because of, because she was in it. Right. Bill Cosby didn't, you know, was a, was a highly moral man as we know. Yes. Um, and he, you know, didn't appreciate a pillar her doing of virtue. Nudity. I mean, good fucking God, everybody. And, and every, we all swallowed it. You know what? He actually might be the devil. He's a candidate. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Since 2016, many devils have been, you know, like <laughs> revealed in our society and a pointy reckoning is happening, which we I yes, really appreciate. Yes. yes. 
Um, it's good. <laughs> um, all right, Dave. Um, what do you got? What do I have? Um, well, uh, I, I just quoted The Crucible uh, accidentally. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> because in addition to the devil being the, a character, uh, it teaches us that a much scarier and dangerous idea is mass hysteria. Um, whether it's about satanic panic or communist subversion, yeah. um, you know, mass uh, mob thinking like affects us all. Um, I really enjoyed Fallen with Denzel Washington. It was mentioned by one of the other listeners. I never saw Fallen, no. It's a really fun time. Okay. And, you know, like, in particular for that excellent sequence in the middle of the film where the demon travels from person to person and, like, identifies itself by singing a, a familiar song. Ooh, that sounds cool. It's, it's so cool. Um, and it's not the greatest movie ever made, and it's not even really that scary, but I, I, I still really like it. Okay. And uh, I also really enjoyed Last Days in the Desert from 2015. Um, it's about when Jesus went to the desert to figure out what God's plan was oh, for him. That's right. Yeah. I haven't seen it though. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. yeah. I heard it's uh, excellent. Yes. And he, uh, Jesus is tempted by Satan during his meditation and Ewan McGregor plays both Jesus and Satan in the film. Sweet. Um, it's probably his most underrated performance and the movie is great if you're at all familiar with the new Testament. Um, and obviously the last temptation of Christ is a major one for me as well. And for, um, a portrayal of Satan that I'm still kind of floored by the passion of the Christ really delivers. Yeah. Um, there's this Italian actress, Rosalinda Celentano. Uh, she plays the devil. Um, and even though she's only in the movie for a few minutes, she really makes her mark. And in her last appearance, there's a really disturbing image of her holding this little homunculus. Um, and that image has stayed with me, you know, okay. For the duration oh, Except for the 19 God. years, it's just been in my mind. Like remember it's that. a really fucked up, scary image. And, like, Mel Gibson is a turd, but he's a great filmmaker. He is a devil. Like, he, we're mentioning he's another devils. of the devils. Exactly. Yeah. He's a devil for different reasons. Like, he's not an ass-grabbing pig, but, <laughs> but he's a, a racist and an anti-Semite, and that's yeah. bad, too. But, man, I, he, he, he knows how to make a movie. He can make some good ones, dude. Exactly. Oh, man. I, man, that mo- when that movie came out, churches were taking youth groups in droves to it for some reason. Unimaginable. I'm you like, know, you're going to watch torture porn. It is it is the most violent film I've ever seen. Yeah. To this day, you know, um, and and that's no. I I've seen a lot of movies. I, yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you know like uh, I wouldn't be talking out of school about something like that. It is right, it yeah. is a violent <laughs> film. You know. If uh, anyone out there has any stories about seeing this movie <laughs> right. with their youth group or something, yes, yes, let please. us know. Oh, That'd man. be awesome. Please write in. Um. Sweet. All right. Well, Dave, you know that I like to live deliciously. So on here, I put The Witch from Robert Eggers, 2015 debut. Way to go, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, (laughs) Even though it's called The Witch, it's about devil worshiping witches. Exactly. Black Phillip is the devil, you know? So there you go. Take that. Right. Uh, If you haven't seen this, guys, it's just phenomenally haunting, this movie. Atmospheric horror. Yeah. You know? And it's got... Anya Taylor Joy and Ralph Ineson yep. is incredible. Like I know you can't go wrong with this the, movie. The, that movie from top to bottom, just amazing acting from the entire cast and and like uh, Kate Dickey as well as the. I mean, good lord, yeah, they're and all the so kids, good. Yes. The little kids. Ooh. Mercy and Jonas are two of the scariest people who have ever lived, and they're like six years old. And honestly, the the goat it terrifies me. I know it's scary. I've never been afraid of like an animal in a movie, not even like Cujo or anything like that. It's right. not been that scary. This goat is scary, man. And it's a goat. Yeah. It, and it's not like a scary looking goat. It's just a black goat. But because it's, it's you know what it represents? Yeah. And you know that it's real? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the way the scenes are shot. And it just, 
yeah, dude. I know. And listen to our episode on it, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. There's some good stories I tell on that one about <laughs> the first time I saw it. Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's move the time cop, Dave. Sure. It's our last question, everybody. Um, thanks for the, the devil worshiping answers, everybody. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was a big one. Glad to know you guys are all fans of yeah, the Yeah, everybody. Yeah, the devil really riles everyone up. <laughs> brings everyone out of the woodwork. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now it's time for who are your least favorite action movie villains? On Facebook, Finn chimed in. He said, Roy from Blade Runner. Roy Batty. Mm-hmm. First of all, what a stupid action sequence at the end. <laughs> Why is he popping his head through walls like he is Jack Nicholson in The Shining? What a stupid ending. Holy crap. What an overrated movie. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more my distaste grows. Blade Runner 2049, though. Magic. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is literally me. Thank you, Finn. That's an awesome response, and yes. it's 100% endorsed by Dudes on Movies. Uh, uh, yes, uh, with with one comment. Okay, one. Uh, what, all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think that like Roy is a is a good character. I think that he is like Rutger Hauer I, is the best part of the film. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, the ending is kind of dumb. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the movie overall is really terrible. And the movie sucks. Yes. So, but any, there we are. Anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See our episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Donna wrote it on email again. She said, Dracula from Blade Trinity. Oh, man. Which I haven't yeah. seen Blade Trinity. Right. And I've heard th- that it is the most utter dog shit movie you could watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is in it. What can I tell you about Ryan Reynolds? I mean, I I, I wish I could like it, I tolerate him a lot more than you do, but uh, uh, yeah, see our waiting episode. Oh, for, like man. you know a lot more about that. Um, I might need to rewatch that and reevaluate some stuff a little bit. See you what know, happens. I I guess I'm just um I I'm trying really hard, Ryan. I really am. For the last <laughs> twenty years, I have really wanted to make I I want to bring you into the fold, and I just like Smoke and Aces is about as close as it gets, and you're oh. not the main character in that. And that movie sucks. And that movie sucks. <laughs> but he's at least tr- he looks like he's giving a shit. Yeah. He's not doing the Ryan Reynolds like ultra sarcastic persona. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, he did that one movie where he's buried alive. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. Uh, apparently he, he's good in that. Right. And I mean, if you don't like Ryan Reynolds, what better than watch him get buried alive? You know, I mean, give me a Texas <laughs> funeral. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right uh, my answer is Dave. I got a couple here. I don't know if this counts as an action movie per se, but, uh, I put Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five. <laughs> oh yes, it. I guess you can say because Rocky goes in and out of the action yeah. genre, yeah. It's like drama. You could whatever, but yeah, Tommy Gunn. What a horrible antagonist for I know. a movie. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. What a horrible movie too. Just anyways, in general. I mean, like it doesn't get like it's one of the worst in any like saga. You know, like that, yeah. that just kind of goes on like that. Where you're like, you know, you you can pick if a movie goes on if a saga goes on for ten movies. Obviously, there's going to be some shit in there. But, yeah. like, Rocky Five really, you know, takes the biscuit. I tried to give it its due. And, like, the more I watch it, I'm like, God, this is just a bad movie overall. Yeah. Everything about this movie is horrible. I think I saw it in the... I did... I think I saw it in the theater with my dad and my brother and sister. 
Um, I think he took us to see Mr. Destiny and Rocky Five. Uh, he was trying to keep us out of the house while my mom like got the house ready for like yeah. their, their New Year's Eve bash. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> I I wouldn't. I couldn't wait to get back home if that was me in the theater. Yes. I'd be like, "Get me out of here!" <laughs> right. As a kid, did you even understand how bad it was? Well, you, you you talked about like earlier about like when you had that kind of formative moment where you realize, "Oh man, this isn't funny." Yeah. You know, I I don't know if 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 this was the day where I went, "Oh man, sometimes movies aren't good," but it was one of the first that I can think of where yeah. I was like, I was I was so I thought Rocky Four was such a great film, oh, and I know yeah. now it's not, but right. like it's still like you put it up against Rocky Five. I mean. Like, I know it is a mm. an absolute masterpiece. I mean, Rocky Five has a terrible script. It's got a character who is totally irredeemable. Like Paulie is one of the worst people in in history. Yeah, he he got like they gave him power of attorney somehow, and he lost all Rocky's money. How is he not? Oh <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I, I just that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but my I, another one I put on here is uh. In Batman Forever, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, okay. I hate them. In that movie. <laughs> I actually hate that movie. That is the worst Batman movie. Yeah. It's way worse than uh, Batman and Robin with Arnold. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Jim Carrey's intolerable, and Tommy Lee Jones is just stupid. Yes, yes dude. I, I'm laughing a lot. Batman at, Forever at is the Rocky Five of Batman movies. The, the amazing observations, obviously, but uh, but I wish everybody could have seen Scott's face when he earnestly told me that movie sucks. You know, like, <laughs> just, just, it was like we, we got to start doing video, Dave. I, we got to oh, get on this. It was like we were on the McLaughlin. Group. Oh yeah, like, I mean, it was just this you is, know, <laughs> it's real serious stuff here, Dave. Yes. And you mentioned Mr. Freeze, uh, Arnold, <laughs> yeah, Arnold's character yeah, in, the, yeah. in the next movie. I need to make a correction. Um, I think I attributed one of Rainier Wolfcastle's lines oh to Arnold and oh. because Mr. Freeze never said ice to see you. I'm pretty sure he did. Did he? I'm pretty sure he I does. I don't think he did. I th- maybe he says ice to meet you. Oh, is that what it is? Maybe All right. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Then that's. Yeah. M- m- maybe I, maybe I'm not mistaken. Here, Dave. Exactly. Okay, good. What a- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what what are your least favorite action movie villains? Oh man. Well, I mean in many cases what I really don't like about these villains is if it feels like the actor doesn't want to be there. And that's that's why this this topic came up because of Ron Silver and Time Cop because yeah. I felt like sometimes he was completely checked out of that movie. But other aspects that make me dislike a villain is when they don't pose a credible threat to the action hero. Um, oh my gosh. And one major example of this for me is Bennett in Commando. Yeah. Uh, whew, man, <laughs> he's played by the actor Vernon Wells. And during the climactic fight, this doughy guy is somehow like holding his own against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And it is truly unconvincing. Um, I, I, I just, I remember sitting there just going, this, this guy in this chainmail suit who looks like he's never done a push up in no his life. He has no chance. No. He's going <laughs> to get fucking broken in half by Arnold. And that's not what happens. It sucks. Yeah. He's not menacing or anything. No. I mean, they, they had so many choices that they could have used for that role. I mean, like yep. so many actors who could have done it. And they went with this weird guy who, I, who I've only seen in one other thing. I mean, a, a really messed up choice. Yeah. Um, the other one that might get us into trouble, or at least me, um, <laughs> is David Carradine and Kill Bill. Oh, really? Um, I can go with that. Cool. Because I, I, I know you're not the biggest Tarantino fan. Um, but we spend almost six hours watching Uma Thurman expertly kill hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, and when we finally get to Bill's house, I never really believe that Bill is any serious threat to her. And I think Carradine is good in the movie. And these last scenes are more about Beatrix, like coming to terms with 
things right about, and more than yeah. a violent fight uh but it's for me wrapping things up it's yeah. not just giant action time exactly yeah. and it's it's her bonding with her daughter and all yeah. that stuff but i mean I, I just can't get past the idea that uma thurman would wouldn't just like house this dude without too much trouble i agree like i was dissatisfied with that ending there yeah i i wanted more i mean when she does the finally the 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 five you know yeah uh, the special move um, i hated that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> okay. i hated it <laughs> i understand um even though they like set it up that it was that it, it was you know right, on they the set table. it up right, but I just didn't like it. I like it was the, anticlimactic to me. Well, I know because you were expecting like the big sword fight. I but, guess, but like like I said, the end of Desperado, like I like the ending there, how it goes to black. Oh, you're right, you're right. I like that, but that wasn't really their artistic choice. That just what they made them do. The and I guess sentence. she'd already had like but, the big sword fight with Lucy Liu and with um yeah and with Vivica Fox and and you know it had already all that stuff had already happened. So I, I guess uh, yeah, and David Carradine's not not going to be holding his own. I'm I'm afraid. Not not at not at age you know seventy or whatever I was about he was. To say how old was he then? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. if he's some kind of Zen master though, maybe. But I mean, you know, Pai Mei obviously was a very formidable opponent. Yeah. But that I believe that guy's been sitting on a mountain for two hundred years yeah. waiting for her to arrive. <laughs> you know, the, David Carradine is who he is. So it's just yeah, one of those things. That I Honestly, just can't get past. I, I wouldn't want to fight him at any age though. I think David Carradine can probably put a few punches in. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm underestimating a him a little bit, but I just feel like yeah. Uma Thurman is probably the 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 better of the I two. I agree. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. at that at, when she's like 30 years old and and you know she's got like six inches on him. Yeah. So yeah. 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 All right, Dave. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. I think we might have riled some feathers on this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think probably This so episode too. was jam-packed with all kinds of crazy stuff, I think. Um, yes, it was. Especially Damien Omen. If you're out there and you're listening, we love you. Man, I mean, Damien Omen, if you're a listener, man, <laughs> please, please, please write in. Yeah, write in. Did you go see Passion of the Christ in theaters with a youth group? <laughs> yes, we need to know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> with that name? Yes, man, dude. Ticket for one, please. Passion of the Christ. Run for Damien Omen. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. Yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> all right. So that wraps it up, everybody. Thanks for all your responses. It was a great time as always. Um, Dave, why don't you let them know where they can find us? Yes. Uh, look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Look just to go to Dudes on Movies. And we are on now Blue Sky as well. So look for us yeah, there. Got to get that set up. Yes. Um, and then our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. All right. And stay tuned until next month when we respond to September's questions. So until then, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.